0: All right, so um, for those of you that uh, anyone have um, anything that's coming to mind, they'd like to discuss we'd again, love to invite someone on screen. Otherwise, I think Souza has um, collected a few questions that uh, you'd like to drop into the field. Yes,
1: hey everyone. So, Let's see here. Um, This one seemed relevant and folks seem to find some appreciation um, for this, which is um, another one from Gina, um, which was a question as a beginner. So when switching from a mostly guided meditation practice, so maybe some um, comfort Mm -hmm. and familiarity Mm -hmm. with listening to guided on um, a meditation app like 10%, or others come to um, what type of meditation do you suggest? So I find that I'm bouncing around from a focus on concentration to insight to metta or open awareness or with an anchor. I'm not exactly sure if I should be trying everything or settling into one thing for a while in order to build Mm -hmm. a solid foundation. Mm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you for that question. And that's that really is an ongoing exploration that we'll each um, encounter. I think, um, I do find just to say, uh, I think a lot of these practices do tend to converge over time that uh, meeting something mindfully has the experience of metta uh, in it. And even metta, staying with metta will develop samadhi, or stability of mind, concentration. Concentration really only unfolds when the heart and mind uh, are soft and meeting things as they are. So there is a way in which they really do um, support and lead into, into each other, and they're not really distinct lines of division between them. But that said, um, particularly if you're exploring the practices as unique or, or distinct um, moments, I would, I would suggest staying a little bit and dwelling in one. Um, it may be during a whole session or if you have a longer period to uh, clearly know that you are receiving experiences in terms of insight, just being with things as they are. And then, when you are wanting to open the heart a bit, if that is something you want to take on, is specifically as a meta practice, just knowing that that now you're inclining the mind towards bringing in the concepts of meta. Or now, I'm wanting to really develop some stability. Um, I'm going to really just stick with the. Uh, uh, the practices that incline the mind right to stabilizing um, with moment to moment experience. Um, and so it's in a way you're, you're getting familiar with the terrain. Um, it, getting familiar with the terrain of each each type of practice and not uh, just sort of wherever the wind blows you in, in your particular experience. Um, I'll say that the, in terms of insight practices, the, we could say that really the foundation of what the Buddha was offering as the path to liberation is really, um, it is through the, um, directly seeing into, uh, the roots of what causes suffering and what releases that, um, that bondage or that um, those patterns. And those are those, those moments that in stability uh, through the different factors of, um, so maybe getting into more than I need to right now, but the factors of awakening. Um, so those factors that uh, um, are the conditions that allow us to see very deeply, they are the liberating, uh, conditions that free the mind from patterns. So we need to have a mind that is stable, that is equanimous, that is light and joyful, that is calm, uh, that is curious and awake, present with some energy and interest. So those factors, when they are all present, then that's how it is that we uh, actually see uh, as if we could see into a clear pond and, and see deeply into, oh, those are those pebbles down there. So in the same way, our mind becomes something that we can see a little bit more uh, clearly and we see the patterns that afflict the mind, right? These are beliefs that we may be holding on to, patterns of reacting to something out of uh, the tendencies of of greed, aversion, and delusion. And yet we don't need to do much. That's not something that is an act of will. This is why the light orientation that the Buddha was offering where we simply rest or place the mind again and again. And in that way, we're able to uh, open and feel and recognize what is happening. And a mind that gets stuck into trying so much is already uh, trying to meet experience through resistance and struggle. All right. So it doesn't have the capacity to to rest and relax into what's here. So so anyway, so just do. Um, I'd say I'm, I'm happy to hear that you're the mind is so curious about the different practices, I would settle a little bit on each one, either in one session or you know you can end each session with with Metta, maybe start a little bit with some stability practices. Um, or if your insight practice feels like it nourishes all of those qualities, just recognize how those qualities of loving kindness and stability or open awareness are getting cultivated as you uh, continue to practice attending to what is uh, here in the body and mind. <clears throat> so I hope that was, uh, touches a little bit on, on that question. But really you can't go wrong. These are all good things to do. Really wonderful things to spend one time with. If if they're leading you towards uh, greater ease and openness, great. If you're getting more contracted, then you need to check and maybe relax and open up again.
1: That's actually a great lead-in to the next question, which is actually a couple of questions, sort of series of questions between a few people that I think we can, I think we can hit three. (laughs) We can feed three birds with one scone in this one. Um, So let me see if I can. uh, Okay, so Taylor asks, is it harmful to continue to sit when you are unable to unhook from the scrutinous mind and know from a larger awareness of it? When you're stuck in the current and thrashing, even when you've been sitting for 30 minutes or hours, (laughs) stopping feels like giving up hope. Um, Hmm. So there are two more questions. I'm going to name them because I think they're all pointing to the same thing. Um, Katarina asked, can you please comment about the crying? I was trying to make no noise in the retreat, but now was very loud. I was feeling wet cheeks, the urge to blow my nose, etc. How should I approach this? Okay, and then Joan adds, Yes. Oh, when you're, this question. As you that's okay. They're all. I'll, I'll. I'll help. Okay. I'll help weave them because I think they're all pointing to the same thing. Joan says yes when you are struggling with something specific. How do you know how long to meditate on it or about it or go about your business and let an answer unfold if you are lucky? And I think they're all pointing to um, what's skillful. Can you say action. that last one again?
0: Say, say that last yeah, one. Yeah.
1: Sure. Um, Yes, when you are struggling with something specific, how do you know how long to meditate on it, or about it, or go about your business and let an answer unfold?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Um, so I think, yeah, to me, they all seem to be pointing a little bit to um, how to work skillfully with challenging things as they come up. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And the first when, one was when,
0: being Yeah, stuck. how
1: is it harmful to continue to sit when you're unable to unhook from? You know, um,
0: right. Oh, and then the scrutinizing crying. mind,
1: and then sort of how do you work with yeah when something's arising, and they are a little bit different, but okay. I imagine you, you probably could speak to.
0: In terms of you know when do we when do we take a break from what the mind has been struggling with. Um, it's a really good thing to be checking on because I think a lot of a lot of times, many of us and, and long-term meditators, I feel like the mind can very easily get um, caught into patterns. and it's almost like we're too close to what it is that we're doing and it's difficult to step back. And then from that, you know, stepping back, gain some perspective and realize oh i've been i've been just i've been resisting the heck out of this thing i didn't i couldn't even see the resistance i was so stuck in it um and we really can uh, you know having spent a lot of time in monasteries and seeing in a way professional you know professional meditators meaning people who are just 100 percent dedicating their whole life you know and just see the, the 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 habits that come into our practice so that's why i think at some point i said you know, it's important that our practice doesn't become mechanical right? it's not it's not something we just sit down and flip a switch and now we're just on some autopilot. It is a very alive and sensitive, intelligent process. Um, we're not trying to resolve and necessarily think our way through things, even though our intelligence is a part of our practice. But we do. We we need to be awake to what's happening. So if you notice that you are really caught on something, taking a break may be the uh, the movement of wisdom. And what we're really taking a break from is the because uh, don't think about. I would encourage you not to think about um, uh, practice as being defined by the posture um, And so continuing so let's say you've been sitting and the mind has gotten stuck and you decide to move or to get up or to open the eyes, really what the motivation might be there is a, a compassionate and wise movement to land the attention on something that uh, isn't activating the resistance, the clinging, the overwhelm. So this is something that we really ought to be checking pretty regularly. this is really the exploration of the wise attention, wise attitude. How am I relating? How am I relating to what it is that's arising? And oftentimes the very thing that we're looking at is the thing that is, is activating identification, struggle resistance and we can stay with it if we feel as if the mind is understanding and learning through that process but oftentimes moving the attention to uh, a domain in our experience that is balancing that allows a wise attention a attitude that is relaxed to to come up because when that surfaces, and then you return to this difficult pattern, you now are seeing it through that lens, right? Through more balance, through more wisdom, through more compassion. Um, but but being stuck in something, you just need to see, am I learning or am I just spinning? Um, so that's, that is really a very useful thing, and, and not to assume that you're just avoiding. It may be the the most important thing at that time is to just lighten the heart, go for a walk, listen to some music and watch your mind. And you'll see, oh right, now I feel balanced again. But pay attention to that because there's so much to learn about how the mind gets drawn into vortexes that it can't get out of and how it finds balance. And then what happens when the mind has gained balance again? What does that pattern look like? What is that belief, right? Or uh, emotional storm? How's that? How does that? How is it being experienced when there's some greater stability, greater ease? And in terms of the the, I think I, the question was something around crying and or emoting, and maybe in the hall, you know, when we're in around others we don't let ourselves do that so much i I think that was the domain of the question i mean one of the blessings really of being at home and being able to practice in our own field is we don't have to have those socialized norms as to what is allowable and what's not and you have to really just give yourself full permission to you know, to to feel and to mode in a retreat environment, it's awkward because we, you know, we don't want to disturb, and yet, ultimately, um, the uh, the expression of our own heart and mind uh, is something that we can each open to and learn to. And so, my encouragement on retreat: if something is coming up, you know, try try to to just have, you know, some awareness, but also everything is nature. You know, we don't have to be worried about, often joke about even breathing. We don't don't even want the people next to us to breathe anymore, you know, because we're trying to do our meditation practice. And before we know it, we, you know, what we consider as being like a very open-hearted practice ends up being um, something that's triggering all kinds of, judgments and views and so um, the more you the more we relate to experience as um, everything, everything can be seen as Dhamma, um meaning it's it is part of what is naturally arising and through that we can discern uh, skillfully you know what's what's appropriate, um what's timely, what's useful, what's kind these are the sampanyas right the clear comprehensions sati sampajanya. mindfulness and clear comprehension this phrase that surfaces a lot in the mindfulness instructions the Buddha gives so not just mindfulness but a sense also of of wisdom you could say. Uh, So I hope there is um, something that's useful in that reflection. Where are we in time? Okay. Yeah, there's.
1: The okay. Feel up for for one more.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, this is a tender one. Um, mm-hmm. She asks, "What advice would you give to an adult child?" who is constantly grieving the loss emotionally of her dad, who is delusional, filled with anger, et cetera. So grieving the loss um, mm, yeah. of emotionally. Yeah. So the loss of her dad, who is delusional and filled with anger.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Thanks. Thanks.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know what? This is the domain of human, you know, relational experiences are, are very, uh, you know, they're very in a way unique. And so it'd be hard for me to speak direct directly to how to speak to your Jay, to your child. Um, you know, but part of what our practice enables us to do is to really be present, um, be present and in in a way comfortable with the the whole range of experiences that get surfaced and if if we are comfortable with someone else's discomfort uh, or or grief um that that does a lot you know really oftentimes i feel like the the biggest gift I've been given by various teachers I've been with is just the spaciousness, um, the non-agenda that they have for my heart and mind. And I think, you know, when we rest in our own practice in a way we we have a capacity to respond more intuitively because we're not, we're not coming with some preconception or, or motivated by, by some forces that are not, Uh, fully seen um you know and so practice really does it it helps us in so many in so many ways and we also can learn about the particularities of our own relationships and dynamics and uh, and if we're paying attention we'll get the appropriate uh, feedback of maybe what was not skillful or not useful for for them and, and where they are in their own um Experience so trusting, trusting yourself, um, relying on on your own qualities of being uh, present, being settled, and then seeing what emerges out of that. Uh, and I I I've, I have just seen really just so many uh, blessings from practice in terms of how it presents in my own relationships, my own family uh, relationships with my folks, uh, my brothers and uh, relationship, you know, partnership with Sousa and, you know, and then with every, every experience, relationship with the, with the world, you know, how do you, how do you, not get totally shut down and depressed in a world that seems just intent on (laughs) uh, destroying itself one way or another. Right. Um, And it's not that anyone's intent on that, but that is that those are the forces that the Buddha spoke to, right? When, when greed and aversion and delusion are present, then in sentient beings, then you really do get destructive results or, or painful results. You know, and then even even without that, we live in a world that is uh, conditioned, changing, uh, uncontrollable world. And so the world itself isn't really designed for perfection, and yet our hearts seek it out constantly um, because that's what it that's what we know is to is to escape the you know the unpleasant or to escape the uncertain so our practice opens us up to the way things are and the freedom really of engaging the world just as it is from you know from places that are more settled and and just the gift right that that brings the joy that it it allows us as well to experience even with the fullness of how how things are Um, so hmm, we come uh, to the end of this session i'm i'm planning on on doing these monthly sessions the next few months um, will be uh, i'll be kind of more fully immersed in my own retreat practice so hopefully that brings some benefit um, as well in terms of speaking from an environment that uh, really uh, allows me to feel as connected to my practice uh, ongoing. But hopefully, a day like today gives you some um, really encouragement and connection to others, um, to pick up practice, to be inspired. It makes a difference. It doesn't have to be a lot. Just noticing the slightest movement towards uh, towards knowing, um, towards kindness, uh, you can try out delusion and anger, frustration, and you know try all those out and see how they go. They tend to not work out that well. So um, don't try them out for that long, <laughs> just taste them. Uh, but that's part of what gets us back towards practice. I mean, we notice the good, what's helpful. Thank you for listening.